0: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Moson. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on vSENG.
1: Okay, it is the Lombardi line as we welcome you in on this Monday. Dust settles Michael Lombardi on the Hall of Fame in week one as far as the preseason. The big story, the overs cash at 14-3. and three. But so far, it's been a fascinating preseason as we get the week started. Actually, you know what? It's not our week. As
2: they say hi to Michael Lombardi, it's our Friday. But how you doing, man? Yeah, this is our Friday. I'm great. I'm doing <laughs> great. You know, I think it was a wonderful week of football. We saw a lot more offense other than the Cowboys-Broncos game. But we can talk uh, to about that later in the show. But, uh, I mean, I think it's—it uh, we're off to a good start. I mean, got, saw a lot of players, kind of can formulate some ideas and and go forward. So it was fun. I enjoyed it.
1: I, I kid you not, this came two minutes before the show started, and I had to die. I hear from my Aunt Shelly, my dad's sister, once or twice a year. She says happy birthday. This was at 8.53 a.m. Hi, Patrick. <laughs> yeah, shout to Aunt Shelly. Hi Patrick, Aunt Shelley here. What do you think is going on with Tom Brady? Question mark. I mean, I <laughs> so so it has penetrated into aunts and uncles. That being the Tom Brady situation, kind of funny she wrote me, but I guess I'll just throw it to you. Yeah. Have you heard anything?
2: You know, I I mean, initially you were worried about family, and then I think it's been leaked out that it's not family. So perhaps it's a family vacation that was scheduled during those 40 days of retirement that he can't get out of or something that he can't get out of. (laughs) I, I, I think, to me, the way the wording is coming out, because I think all of us that are close to Tom, and I haven't talked to him, so I'm not speaking for him, but all of us that are close to Tom, we're worried about his mom because she has gone through some That's things right. before. And I think this leaking of information kind of let everybody know, no, it's not, a, it's not a medical situation. It was something else. And whatever it is, you know, maybe he had planned a trip to to some place, uh, you know, to Australia, maybe to go help the Essenton Bombers, you know, perhaps pick their next head coach. There are a lot of rumors going on down there, Alistair Clarkson. Who knows, you know, but maybe, uh, the, the, you know, but I think it's so – I think it was something planned. Wait, so we should clarify. First off, you and I
1: are thrilled to hear if it's not health related. Of course, Tom Brady's mom for the past couple of years has been dealing with cancer, so we're thrilled to hear if it's not health related. Let's be clear there. But then you just you just casually drop Australia and rugby. Let's just clear it up. Michael does hits all the time. He's traveled to Australia. Alistair Johnson, I believe is his name, who is the Bill Belichick of rugby coaching, has has come to New Jersey to visit Michael Lombardi. Can you clear that up quickly here?
2: Yeah, Alistair Clarkson was the head coach of the Hawthorne Hawkeyes, and he had been down, and he's one of the most decorated coaches in the league, and Hawthorne's went through a change. He left last year. He's out of work. A lot of rumors that the Essendon Bombers, my team, uh, Mm. is trying to get in touch with Clarkey and maybe work out a deal. Uh, Their head coach hasn't been fired as of yet. Ben Newton, so I, I think there's some things going on down under. It's nighttime. I haven't been able to get in touch with anybody, but I would love to see Clarkey take on the Bombers. That would be a huge get for me because I love Clarkey and I love the Bombers. It would be the perfect marriage.
1: And everybody knows you're a big Essenton fan. Have you had any conversations with anybody over there trying to get Clarkey in that head coaching role, Michael Lombardi?
2: I, I would. I, I don't want to say yes or no. I would just say that I'm, I'm encouraging I uh, that you. they're interested. Yes, I am very encouraged. I Look, you. I love it. It I was great. You. I love, I love it down there. I love it down there. It was awesome. It was a great experience for me. It was, uh, you know, it was it was fun, and those people are just tremendous. You know, I was watching. I know this is off track. I was watching a, a Springsteen show the other day, and. You know, he's in Australia. He loves playing Australia. And and he had this kid just come up on the stage and play growing up like it was no big deal. It was hilarious. You know, and so the the people are just so engaging. Well, you know, the Aussies like to get loose. This is a heck of a segment here. We've gone from from Tom's mom,
1: my aunt Shelly. To Alistair Clarkston, but can we at least admit we can have some fun here on Vison? Is that okay, Michael Lombardi? Is that okay? Is that Yeah, okay? sure.
2: Why not? I'm always having okay. fun with you, Patrick. I enjoy having fun right. with you. Yes. Uh,
1: uh, we, we do enjoy working together. I'm going to get to the Jimmy G uh, situation coming up in a little bit, but let's start with last night. Uh, Minnesota, Las Vegas. So you and I talked about this number jumping up to five. You don't generally see a spread of five in a preseason game with Vegas laying it. Of course, the better saw him in the Hall of Fame game, liked what they saw. Minnesota note Kirk Cousins and Vegas does cover the five. It's a 26-20 win, another over contributing to the 14-3 and three on the overs week one. I wrote down offensive line for the Raiders. I know you're going to go off on that because there's depth at tackle. They kind of were rotating the offensive line where they really got going with sustained drives in the second half of 10 and 15 and touchdown drives. We'll get to that in a second. Do you just want to give me a purview on what you thought of this Vikings Raiders matchup?
2: Well, I I thought it was an interesting game. You know, I didn't think Sean Mannion looked very good early. He kind of got into his rhythm a little bit, and then, you know, I thought the Raiders' offensive line played better. I thought Eliminor going over and playing left tackle for Brandon Parker, who's obviously hurt. He's not out there. Uh, And the announcers, you know, the great Matt Millen and Rich Gannon, two really good ex-Raider players, you know, were, were talking about it. So, you know, I, I thought it was a good, another good game. I thought Stidham was just good. I thought Nick Mullins played really well. You know, and they mm-hmm. were able to move the ball in the second half. And then I think what makes everybody happy is at the end of the game, in four minutes, they were able to run the the game out. So, you know, they carry they had almost forty carries in the game, which is important. Their execution is you can just see. Their execution and the vibrancy on the sideline of the Raiders, I thought was really good. Derek Carr was engaged. And look, the Vikings, without Kirk Cousins, without all their good players, we kind of thought this was going to be a hard game for them. And it kind of was. I was actually Mullen, um, excuse me, Kellen Mond played kind of how I thought he would. One look and take off, not accurate. His quarterback rating was not indicative of really how he played. Yeah, I
1: agree with you. I actually wrote down, because we're talking about vibes with the Detroit Lions, I wrote down vibes with the Raiders. It does seem like, like there's a little juice on, on the sideline and with, within this football team. Obviously a tough division. We can get to the numbers here in a second. In a second, You mentioned Kellen Mon, who did have the touchdown. I mean, I thought Mon Mann and Mann, Mannion was shaky to start, as you mentioned, but also the Vikings, the eight penalties. My guess is you want to come out of it healthy and error-free if you're a first-year head coach there, and eight penalties is not a good start.
2: No. You know, and, and you so... But look, it's all about what do you want to coach off of, right? There's no... Nobody played well in the first week. I mean, there's no coach walking into the Monday meeting giving out roses and lollipops and, you know, and singing, you know, let's go to storybook land here today. Like, like the, 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 it's something you've got to build on. Okay, it's a start. This is what we did really poorly. This is where we're going, and we've got to get better. And I think that's the, the mentality. This, the next 10 days in the National Football League are going to be the, the genesis of how these teams are able to get functioning for the month of September. These next 10 days are critical.
1: Yep, 100%. So I wrote down the offensive line because this is going to be important for the Raiders in division. Of course, the Chiefs, plus 175, your favorite. The Chargers, plus 220. The Broncos, a little short at plus 260, shorter than I think they should be. The Ve- the Vegas Raiders are 6.5 to 1, so your fourth betting favorite in the AFC West. The offensive line, this was a concern coming in. McDaniels was kind of lauding the line after with the competition And rotating that line in the second half in particular, what do you see from this Raiders offensive line?
2: I mean, he starts the seventh-round pick, Mumford, you know, at right tackle. He puts a Luminor over at left tackle. You know, the inside guy, this cotton kid, has played very well in two games for them. James, the center, and Simpson over at left guard. Those are kind of the, the, st- uh, the guys who are going to play. I thought they played well. They had good pad level. They came off the ball. They ran the ball effectively. They ran some power, one-back power. You know, they didn't use as much two-back set as they did in the past game, so they were able to work on their one-back running game. Look, I think that's it's a key. I think they're going to have to improve their physical toughness. But I think when you look at the way the Raiders pass protect, you know, I was reading online, well, you know, they're helping the tackles, chipping out. Well, if you ever study New England tape, that's what they do. You know, New Englands just don't say to the tackles, okay, just go block that guy one-on-one. You know, they they always try to help, help the passing game. They, They chip before they go. They set inside out so that they can protect the quarterback and he can step up in the pocket. I think it's a really good start for Josh McDaniels. You can see the team buying into him. And you can see it all through their, 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 uh, their organization. I think it's pretty clear. So it's nowhere near perfect, but I think you can. And for, and for Minnesota, you know, I mean, Kevin O'Connell didn't have a starting quarterback, didn't have a lot of his guys that he wanted to go with. So, but you could see what he wants to do. He's going to run the West Coast scheme with Sean McVay. Just like when you watch Denver, they're going to be just classic West Coast offense from every single call down to the end. You could just kind of see where this is going when you watch preseason. How
1: will that West Coast and the new offense affect the studs, Jefferson, Thielen, Dalvin Cook? Just can you encapsulate how it's going to affect those three?
2: Well, I think it'll be really good for them. I think they'll get them the football. I think you're going to see, especially as they build around this run game. I mean, this will be a little bit, I would think they have similar skill to when Sean first went out to Los Angeles and took over. And he had Gurley kind of in his prime. And Gurley averaged 10 yards a catch coming out of the backfield. And the receivers were able to make more plays. I think you're going to see that. I mean, look, Jefferson averaged 15 yards a catch last year at 10 touchdowns. Thielen wasn't healthy most of the year. This is a really good football team in terms of their skill players. And with with Madison as the backup to Cook, they're pretty good. So Osborne's the third receiver. You know, Irv Smith is more of a pass-catching tight end. But he can come in. They're going to be good at it, and their protection will be much better, I think, when you watch them.
1: Okay, Raiders, both BetMGM, proud sponsor of the show, and, of course, DraftKings, uh, that's family. They're both sitting at 8.5. You've got to pay a little juice over at DraftKings, dollar thirty to the over on the Raiders. Minnesota's interesting. 9.5, as you see, Santos just had it up over at BetMGM, and then 9 on the season win total at DraftKings. So remember, always shop for that best number. When we come back, we're just getting started here on a Monday. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Position battles. I got a couple surprises for you today. I've got some wide receiver camp battles and position battles I want to run by you, uh, but we'll get to the quarterbacks next, including the rookies. So we had Aunt Shelley, we had rugby in Australia, and we had Tom Brady's mom. We, we covered the gamut here on the first segment. Lombardi Line, Beaston, the Esports Betting Network.
0: kia movement that inspires call 800-333-4kia for details always drive safely limited inventory
2: available warranties include 10-year 100,000 mile powertrain and five-year 60,000 mile basic warranties are limited see retailer for details
0: you're listening to the lombardi line on v featuring former nfl executive michael lombardi now once again here's patrick maher
1: Okay, it is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app. That's BetMGM Sports. All your favorite wagering options, along with in game betting, boosted odd specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip. Bring that state issued ID ready to go. Whatever your sport, whatever your style, you're going to love BetMGM state of the art technology. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years or older. 1 800 522 4700 if you have a gambling problem. Michael Lombardi there taking care of business in Australia. I'm Patrick Maher here as we go coast to coast on the Lombardi (laughs) line presented by BetMGM. Of course, this is v the sports betting network, week one of the preseason. It's uh, under wraps. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to get to the camp battles in just a little bit as far as the quarterbacks and the wide receivers. But first, let's start with this. So in dating parlance, Michael Lombardi, it's called ghosting Mm. somebody. If all of a sudden you just disappear – You don't return texts. You don't return calls. That's ghosting. Well, apparently, according to Mike Silver, San Francisco. I thought that was an Irish goodbye. I thought that's an Irish goodbye. Now we're going from Australia to Ireland. Yes. Irish goodbye is where you're at the bar and you just bail out the back door without saying goodbye to anybody. Right. Isn't that what it is? Yeah.
2: That's what I thought it was. (laughs) I mean, now you got ghosting. I got to get terminology. I mean, I'm all messed (laughs) up here. I mean, this is. I've been I'm, I'm learning new things every day. I'm learning about you know, sororities at Alabama. I'm learning about ghosting. I mean, this is, this is way too much for me to handle. I could tell you that. Well,
1: it's, it's a lot, but you and I, you know, Mike Silver, well, nobody's more dialed in when it comes to the 49ers. And so he reported that remember in 18, when Jimmy G signed that five year, and a dollar deal. Ever since then, he's ghosted the team for weeks in the off season, no texts, no calls, literally just vanished. Um, the conversation around Jimmy G is important because he's going to land somewhere and be important for a team. Let's just start with this. Were you surprised to hear the story of Jimmy G kind of disappearing in the off season?
2: Yeah, I would say so. I mean, like, you know, I I mean, I I think to me, you know, there's that rule. You're not allowed to come in the building. I mean, the players are protected to not be overworked, but when you are the face of the franchise and, you know, the people that you work with and for, I, I think you got to be respectful to them. I mean, it's like you know, if I text my sons and they don't get back to me, they're going to get they're going to get a W. Do you know what text? I mean, like seriously, mm-hmm. you're not too busy. Like same thing. I mean, you know, like mutual. Res- I I know the phone's in your hand every day, right? Like Jimmy Garoppolo's too good looking <laughs> of a guy not to have that phone next to him all the time. I'm sure he's got three phones, right? Like, come on, you're seeing it. Acknowledge it. it have some respect, right?
1: It's funny you say that because you're right. It's like if you don't hear back from somebody within 20 minutes, you're just like, come on. I know you're looking at your phone. I know you're on Twitter. Yeah, it's attached you're to
2: your hip. Like it's attached to your hip. You know, there's no way. You, you don't even know where the do not disturb button is on the phone. Like seriously. Like don't <laughs> tell reason. me you didn't see it. Like don't tell me you didn't see it. You saw it. You ch- You made a conscious. It was premeditated. You made a conscious effort to ignore it. Well, you know
1: the, the new nickname for Jimmy G, I just made it up. it's airplane mode because you yeah. can't find him so so here's the thing it is yeah it, it's not necessarily concerning because if you know these off seasons led to a Super Bowl appearance, NFC championship appearance, it's not like his play struggled, so to be fair, Jimmy G was good to go. Uh, we can now parlay this into a conversation about him it, it seems like he should be ready to go as far as the medicals. he's cleared, he's good. Are you hearing anything right now as we sit here on August 15th on Jimmy Garoppolo?
2: I haven't heard anything about even very little players getting traded from talking to a bunch of teams in the league. It's kind of been quiet. You know, there's all these teams that think they're going to have extra at a position. You know, the Jets are going to have an extra defensive line. You know, you hear all that. Until you see it on the tape, you really don't know. You know, but I have not heard any trade talk like that at all. I would suspect that we should get something of a Watson ruling fairly soon. I saw that, you know, Kevin Stefanski said that no matter what happens – Jacoby Brissett's are starting on day day one. Okay, that's good for right now. But if, if Garoppolo comes in by Wednesday, he'll know the terminology. He'll understand what's going on. Now, whether you want to play him or not, that's your business. But to me, if they made that trade, the sooner the better it would be. I would think that once San Francisco gets an offer, a tangible offer on, are they going to continue to hold out? Because as I keep reading, some of these guys that played last week at starting quarterbacks aren't going to play this week. So And we know no one's playing in week three, right?
1: So just quickly on the transition from San Francisco in that offense to Cleveland, what you're telling me is it's not going to be much of a shock for Jimmy Garoppolo to adjust.
2: Let, let's just follow, let's follow the dots, right? Gary Kubiak is in Denver with Mike Shanahan. They invent this kind of bootleg naked offense. West Coast, let's call it West Coast Denver. Gary goes to Houston. He expands it. Kyle's in Houston with, with Gary. Kyle goes to San Francisco after some other stops. Gary ends up in Minnesota after some stops, right? So the verbiage is pretty much going to be identical. There'll be some modifications, but it's not going from Italian to Chinese. It's going from English to English. You know, it, it may be it's Great Britain English where I have to put the subtitles on when I can't understand them sometimes, but I know what they're saying, right? You know, I, I think it's that. It'll be easy for them. It won't be very difficult at all.
1: Yeah, if you're watching, if you're watching Peaky Blinders without the subtitles, you're just an insane human being. It's, it, it's um, tough.
2: I mean, especially it, I'm deaf in one ear, so it's hard for me. You know, like I, I, I I'm, t- I'm like Bella. I'm tilting my head here. Like, what's going on? <laughs>
1: but, but for for new listeners, Bella. Is his dog? Um, okay, so <laughs>
2: <laughs> you, meant you meant, got to catch up. True. We need a glossary here, Patrick. We need a glossary. We, we, There's we, no doubt. I mean,
1: it never stops. It never stops. Um, okay, 12, twelve days ago, I wrote this down earlier this morning. Twelve days ago, the NFL appealed Sue L. Robinson's decision on Deshaun Watson. There has to be something coming soon, right? So Watson think- said he'd be willing. He'd be willing to go eight games, five mil.
2: You know and i and I saw that uh, you know Peter King put out today that he thinks it 's going to be twelve games i don 't know if he 's guessing or where he got it from, but to me, you know, he had a chance at twelve games. he turned that down i 'm obviously thinking he wants to get ten games i don 't know, but here 's what I do know: there was no new evidence in the testimony that the 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 new judge is looking at right so he 's just reading all of the stuff. And how long that takes, it to me, I can't imagine it's going to take much more time than this. I think we'll get some verdict. I would think by Wednesday. I would suspect. I was going to say by
1: Thursday. I was going to say by Thursday when you and I are back together. My assumption is we're talking about a decision by yeah. Thursday.
2: I right? gotta think that for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh,
1: I would too. And but it just seems to me, you know, and we'll put a bow on the Garoppolo conversation. If something's gonna happen, it's weird how it seems conditional with these teams, right? The teams that may be interested in Garoppolo are waiting for the dominoes to fall, but there is some time sensitivity here. Like you do want them right. to get in but and get acclimated said, with the no, locker room.
2: But there's nobody interested. There's nobody saying we're gonna bring him in to be our starter. A, they don't want the contract, and B, there's no there's no starting jobs technically open. Pittsburgh feels pretty comfortable with Mitchell. You know, obviously they had a good game out of Mason Rudolph and Kenny and Kenny Pickett uh, threw a lot, you know, had a lot of nice throws. So they're going to keep going there. Carolina's got Baker and Sam. They're not going anywhere. Seattle, you know, Locke's coming off a good game. They got Geno. They don't seem to have any interest. Houston's, I don't think they've ever had interest. There's been no conversation at Houston at all. So other than Cleveland, who's expressed some interest, John Lynch's phone's not ringing. You know, he's the Maytag repairman. That phone ain't ringing.
1: By the way, that Baker Bowl week one, I got an offshore book looking at a pick. I'm looking right now with Cleveland at Carolina. I'm going to take a look at DraftKings. DraftKings has got Cleveland laying one, but you see the number jumping back and forth through zero on that game. And that was a number with Cleveland opening four-and-a-half, Michael. So let's just call it this. Cleveland at Carolina week one on the 11th has jumped from a a four-and-a-half favorite there with Cleveland to essentially a pick across the board.
2: Well, you know, I watched the the Panthers on tape, on the coaching tape, uh, and I would say this, the area of concern – besides the quarterback, besides Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, was their offensive line. And I can honestly say they have greatly improved there. Brady Christensen, the kid from BYU, they took in the third round. They started him off at left tackle. He was outstanding in the game. They kicked him into guard. He was very good. So their offensive line, if they go Christensen at left guard and and, and Icky at left tackle, they're going to be really good. They're going to be improved. Like, this is not a team that doesn't have talent. And with McCaffrey not practicing or playing in the preseason, he should be ready in week one. They're going to be a tough team to play. They're going to be a tough team to play. They're better on defense, and they look better coached offensively this year in just that one preseason game. And you could see it. You could see it. Again, you know, I'm not This I'm. – I'm speaking from – clinically not from a father watching his son i'm am d- just saying that to you i mean they're better in the offensive line and that was their achilles heel and this christensen kid to me i think he's one of the most improved players on the panthers team he really did a nice job in there
1: you know what's weird is we always blanket the nfl conversations on any network with it's going to come down to the quarterback and carolina a little bit of an anomaly it's going to come down to the running back McCaffrey as far as usage matters so much to that team huge. is he going to stay healthy huge
2: it's so critical for that
1: right okay we'll get to the no camp doubt. battles as far as the quarterback Carolina and Seattle after our buddy Thomas Gable from the Borgata joins us next here on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM
0: to the lombardi line on vsin featuring former nfl executive michael lombardi now once again here's patrick maher
1: oh wow this is great we do have news on the vsin nfl betting guide it drops next week the reviews for the college football betting guys have been rave i mean people are going nuts you can win some money that's what i can tell you i can guarantee you but the only way to get Access to this year's football betting guides, both college and pro, is to become a VEASAN all-access subscriber. You can sign up right now for a discount, 175 bucks. When I, when I say $175, that's through the Super Bowl. And that includes everything we offer through the Super Bowl, including the two guides, Point Spread Weekly, Michael Lombardi's articles. It's a great deal. Or you can save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Just go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe. All the options are right there, but... Invest to make cash. That's important. And this If you're going to be serious about this football season, you've got to invest in the guys. It's the only way I can put it. Michael Lombardi there. I'm Patrick Maher here as we go coast to coast on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. This is v the Sports Betting Network. We hope you had a nice weekend. We head out to the Borgata. Our partner, Thomas Gable, he runs the race sports book at the Borgata. I hope he had a nice weekend, too. Let's
3: ask him. Did you have a nice weekend, Thomas? I did, Patrick. I did. How did you make out yesterday on the horses?
1: I'm going to tell you guys something. I went surfing for the first time yesterday, and oh, so I didn't wow. get a lot of nice. horse racing. My, Michael, when I tell you it was the hardest thing I've ever done, my whole entire body is completely sore. <laughs> so I'll be taking a break from surfing, and I'll go back yeah. to horse racing. It's a much easier obligation. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I think you have to now that longer. you're in
3: California. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely,
1: 44 TJ. years old. I was out there with a bunch of 20 year olds. I'm like, I got to get back and go watch uh, Del Mar. Um, so week one, <laughs> in, week one in the books, uh, as far as we talked about the overs and it was, I mean, it was 14 and three to the overs. We, we always talk about this idea, Thomas, that the defenses are ahead of the offenses, but fascinating as far as these totals numbers.
3: Yeah, I mean that that's obviously was the big story for for week one of the preseason was uh the overs coming in at the rate that they did and uh the the numbers jumping the way that they did. And I think, you know, for week two, um I don't have uh our week two lines out yet, but uh for the preseason, I think you're gonna see a lot more of the totals uh open around, you know, thirty nine, forty For a lot of the games, you'll see a lot of, uh, probably a lot of games right around that 39, 40, 41 point mark, at least to open. Um, And, you know, Michael had said it uh, the other day when we were talking about the totals that, you know, it appears that the the offenses seem to be, you know, ahead of the defenses, at least in the the bit of practice that they've had uh, and how it's showed up so far for the preseason. We'll see if there's going to be any regression uh, in terms of the scoring and or if the defenses uh, kind of ratchet up their intensity and and their game planning for for next week as we go into the the second uh, preseason week.
2: You know, Thomas, you hit the nail on the head. There's only one game as it opens up, according to DraftKings here in New Jersey, Uh, it's Houston, Los Angeles Rams at 37 and a half. Pretty much every other game is going to be right at that 40 number, which I kind of thought that was going to happen. I think think we're going to see a lot more 41s, 42s. I think the book kind of learned its lesson last week that the offenses are ahead. You know, I would be more inclined. I don't know who's going to play this week. This is another one where I, I get the sense not a lot of people want to play their guys this week. Like they're going to practice against teams and then kind of let the backups play, which the numbers may reflect down. But you could see the book has clearly made that adjustment as these numbers are in the 40s now.
3: Yeah, and I think that's, uh, again, when we're talking about preseason in general, uh, it's so important to, if you're betting uh, preseason, to really pay attention to the reports that are coming out of camp, the local reporters. And I know you guys have done a great job of having a lot of uh, – of the local reporters for different uh, different teams, different cities on on the show, and they can give you an idea. And it, once that information gets out, uh, that's the way that you get ahead of it, it to get an edge. You, you need that information first, and you, and you get that usually from from the local beat reporters uh, before books have a chance to digest it and uh, adjust their numbers. So, um, you know, when you're when you're looking at uh, the week two and who's available to play, as you said, a lot of joint practices going on. Um, important to look at the Normally the starting quarterbacks, you think, probably aren't going to get a lot of time uh, if you see them at all in week two. Um, I I thought, um, honestly, for the rookies that we did get to see, uh, some guys showed me uh, some things. I thought Sam Howell looked great uh, for Washington. Um, the uh, there, but then there was some some disappointment. I think uh, Kenny Pickett was was uh, fantastic. I thought um, it was a little bit overreaction on Pickett personally, but um, uh, when you when you look at the rookies and and Matt Corral, I uh, didn't seem to have a very good game either. But uh, I thought when you're rating the rookie quarterbacks of what we saw, I think you have to put Sam Howell up there um, as far as having the best Week One. Michael, can yeah,
1: I just I, jump I, in? We're gonna. Going to have Al Galdi, who covers uh, the Washington Commanders, or as Michael likes to call them, the Commodores, on coming up in a bit. I just <laughs> want to say this: I looked up at the I looked up the numbers on Pickett. He is your leader right now at six to one for Offensive Rookie of the Year. To follow oh, up on Thomas's point, again, he was handing
2: the ball off with those completions.
1: Uh, be, just yeah. chill out.
2: I, I mean, that's the part of the thing is—is is I, I said this the other day when I, on Saturday morning. I think we have to not overreact, and you have got to be careful that what was the throw? Was it you know when you run a bootleg and the guy's wide open in the flat? Is that the quarterback or is that the <laughs> scheme, right? And, and and you run a screen? Is that the quarterback or the screen? I mean, like Nick Mullins yesterday afternoon, he made a really good throw on an in cut. Like, that's what you're evaluating, you know, not or made a decision to run with it to get the first down. You know, those are the things you're looking for, not not did he throw a nice flat route, you know? Like, I'll give you an example. Cooper Rush watching the Denver game, and we'll have Brian brought us on later in the show, but Cooper, mm-hmm. Cup's got, Cooper uh, Rush has got a chance to hit the guy in the flat, doesn't make the throw. Like, there was so many signs in that game that he didn't even execute the basic stuff. So it's got to have the Cowboys worried. So I I think that's a lot more than just looking at the stat sheet.
1: Totally agree. And just want to circle back to a team that has looked good in the preseason so far. And that is the Las Vegas Raiders with you, Thomas Gable. I've got most books showing eight and a half on the season. Win total given another division, this would be very interesting, but of course they're your fourth betting favorite in that tough division. Where are you as far as the season win total? There at the Borgata, and I'd love to get your take on the Raiders.
3: Yeah, so I think uh, he really uh, pointed out the uh, the issue with the season wins. And you look at the team eight and a half, you say, "Wow, they they have to go over." But you look at the division and who they have to play twice, and that's that's the problem there. Uh, I, I think the Raiders are certainly a team uh, that is live that they can exceed expectations. Uh, we we are at eight and a half uh, for the season wins for for them. Um, they are getting bet. Uh, the the over is is juiced, uh, and most of the money and the uh, ticket count is on the over, the eight and a half. Um, and I will say this too: we're we're not Las Vegas. We're obviously on the other side of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you'd be surprised or not. The biggest liability we have to win the AFC right now is the Las Vegas Raiders. They are our biggest liability wow. in the AFC to get to the Super Bowl.
1: Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow! Would you like to react, Michael Lombardi, to that? That is – well. You
2: know, wow. one thing, I think the Raiders are a national brand. I think there's no doubt about that. You know, uh, I think Al Davis made sure that that was the case. There's a lot of people back here that are Cowboy fans, as Thomas knows, that live in South Jersey. There's mm-hmm. a lot of Raider fans because of the 4 o'clock start – when you only got mm-hmm. a game on NBC, the Raiders were typically the game. And so it doesn't surprise me that there's a fan base back here. I, 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 look, I, their offense is going to be very good. Just in the little bit that we've seen, we know they can move. They're going to run the ball. They're physical. The question marks are going to be how good are they on defense. I think that's going to be the concern. But if they can play from in front with Crosby and Chandler Jones, they're going to be a hard out. They're, they're going to be able to match up to every team they play. I'm not saying they're going to beat every team. They're going to be able to match up.
1: Totally agree, commanders. Yeah. And uh, I think before when, we
2: see...
3: go, ahead. go ahead. No, I just wanted to add. I, I think when you're looking at uh, the AFC odds and why people are betting the Raiders like they are, I mean, I mean if you think you, they can compete in that division against uh, against the Chiefs, against the Chargers, um, the odds to win the AFC uh, right now is 22 to one. You're getting such a better number on them. Uh, compared to the other teams that uh, are in their division. So I I think it's kind of natural they kind of gravitated towards that uh, just due to uh, the number you can get.
1: No, That's a great point. I mentioned we are going to talk commanders. We just have about a minute here, Thomas. Are you sitting eight on Washington right now?
3: We are sitting eight and a half on Washington. um, And we, we actually... Uh, not a whole lot of action on on their season win total. Uh, Certainly favors the over right now. Uh, I don't know if that's a uh, a Carson wentz effect or or what, but uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, I I hate to say it, but I think uh, most everything for them is going to come down to to Wentz and uh, how he looks.
1: Okay, Thomas Gable, our partner there at the Borgata, race and sportsbook director. Have a good week. We'll talk to you on Thursday, TG, TG. thank you. Appreciate you, TG. Thank you, guys. Okay, there he goes. I'm obsessed with the the commanders are a team that has got me obsessed this year. I've got a couple surprises for that team and Michael Lombardi coming up here. Um, can we talk quarterback battles next? Are you cool with that? Let's do it. Let's talk it. Okay, we continue Lombardi line.
0: This is it. We've got an AMEX Platinum Pro on our hands. Ladies and gentlemen.
2: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You're listening to The Lombardi Line on vSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher.
1: Okay, Matt Santos, the action never stops at BetMGM. Sign up now using the bonus code VSIN, VSIN1000, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and app offers a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options. It's a really good app because it's very sensitive to live in-game betting, player props, daily boosted odd specials, and much more. No matter what your favorite sport is, you're going to find it all at the King of Sportsbooks. It's VEASAN 1000 to make your first wager, risk-free up to $1,000. Remember, you got to be 21 years or older, and if you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada or New York. Just to pay this off for Michael Lombardi as we welcome you back. Hope you had a nice weekend hmm. as we get rolling here on the Lombardi line. The, um, so I mentioned Pickett, who was 6-1 to at DraftKings this morning. He's now 8-1, to tied with Brees Hall. As far as your offensive rookie of the year, of course, the Jets second-round pick, who's going to share carries with Michael Carter. I believe Tevin Coleman is there, the vet. Uh, then you have Traylon Brooks, who Titans six-two, two twenty-five. You know him, Michael. They're going to need him. Sky Moore is ten to one, along with Burks, and then George Pickens is ten to one. So yeah. Pickens, uh, I know you like this
2: kid. Pickens is sensational. I mean, what he's done, and just he's taken the league by storm in just this little bit. I mean, last year, remember Jamar Chase was struggling to catch the ball, and this kid is just mm-hmm. like, whoa, you know. I mean, the catch he makes in the back corner of the end zone with Rudolph, I mean, the way he set the receiver up, he's dynamic, and, you know, they're going to get him the football. I mean, for as bad as they were offensively last year, Johnson had 101 catches, you know. So there's plenty of balls to go around here. And, uh, you know, he's going to prove it's interesting how all these guys you just mentioned, you just read most of the guys you mentioned for Offensive Rookie of the Year, other than Pickett, I I I think weren't picked in the first round. Moore was picked in the second. You know, Pickens was picked in the second. Brees Hall was picked in the second. Like, you know, I don't know. You know, it's interesting how that – It comes through good
1: news in good news in Atlanta, the Drake London injury. It does appear, like I've mentioned a bunch of times, it does appear that it's not going to be serious. So he's sitting 12 to one offensive rookie of the year. You want to take a stab quickly, then I'll get to Carolina and the quarterback. You want to take a stab at who's your favorite for defensive player of the year as far as the rookies Mm -hmm. sauce Gardner. He is 10 to one. Five to one off of week one's performance, your boy, Aiden Hutchinson. Five to yeah. one.
2: Well, it's going to be hard for him. I mean, I could see it. it him and Walker, if they get a lot of sacks, it certainly mm-hmm. would. It's, are they going to be able to play from in front to get a lot of sacks? I think that's always the question mark I would have, you know, when you're going in that direction.
1: Wow, a good nugget from Santos here. Pickens before preseason week one was 30 to one on the board. After yeah. the performance, which we saw, he dipped a 10-to-1. That's quite a change. Yeah.
2: I, I mean, he's got everything you want. He looks like A.J. Green out there, and it just wasn't – big. You know, yeah. I mean, this isn't like we're going against – he's doing it in mini camps with no pads on. Like, he's he's doing it with the pads on, which translates – you know, sometimes receivers look good with no pads, and then they get in the game, and it's a little too physical, and they got to get used to it. Not this kid.
1: Okay. I promised it. Let's pay it off. Those quarterback battles will start with Carolina. A 23-21 yeah. win in Washington over the weekend. Baker, four of seven, had the turnover. Then Sam Darnold, just two of three in two series. A very nice touchdown pass, though. Let's get into the yeah, quarterback pressure, battle there in well, Carolina.
2: You know, with, with pressure in his face, he made a hell of a throw. I, I think it's this is the week. I, I, I don't have... Any new information other than Matt Rule's going to go up, his team's going to New England, they're going to practice Tuesday and Wednesday, they're going to play the game on Friday, I think we'll learn a lot about their team. They've got to raise their level. They had a really good first week. Their offensive line's much improved, and I think that's going to help them. But the Tuesday, Wednesday, I think it's up there. I would say it's Baker's job to lose just because he started the game. But I think a lot of it's going to come down to the seven-on-sevens, the 11-on-11 teamwork, the situational stuff, all those things, how you manage the game, all your decision-making that goes into that at those practices in Foxborough are going to make the decision. I would say by the end of a week from today, Carolina will know who their starting quarterback would be. I would lean towards Baker.
1: Okay, so what Michael's pointing to, and I think coaches, and you can explain this a little bit better, Those joint practices matter more to the coaches, and that is going to happen up in New England with Carolina traveling. And remember, on Friday, Michael, Carolina-New England week two, that number opened Carolina and a half. Now New England is laying two and a half.
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if New England plays their guys. They didn't play anybody in the first game. So why does these practices matter more for coaches? Because in these practices, there's an agreement between both staffs. We're not going to share the tape. Okay, we're not going to share the tape. Nobody's getting a copy of this tape. We're not going to send it out to anybody. And so both teams will feel comfortable utilizing their complete playbook, the things they're going to do in games. And so now there's really a faster tempo going and it's more complex. And so now the challenges that await the players are higher. And those challenges will lead rule to an answer on who should be a starting quarterback. So, you know, it's just the circumstances of the scheme becomes broader and more detailed. And I think that allows you to have the answer.
1: So I, if I were just, it, would it be shocking? And this is, again, no inside information, but would it be shocking if week one, Cleveland's in town and Sam Darnold's under center?
2: I, I, no, it wouldn't be shocking at all because I think Sam Darnold's been with Ben McAdoo's offense all spring. And, you know, and if he can demonstrate, I mean, look, Sam Darnold's a talented player. Now, he makes a lot of bad decisions. Let's put that out there. And and if he could ever just take what's the offense gives him instead of trying to be a hero, he'd probably still be in New York Jet. That being said, I, 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 don't, I wouldn't put it past a talented player. I think they looked more organized offensively. They had a better understanding of who they were offensively, and their scheme was better in terms of just the first preseason game than last year where they were kind of randomly all over the place. McAdoo will help them in terms of getting organized. I think the offensive line is going to be the key component because now they actually – don't have to worry about a left tackle. Their left guard's better. Their right side with Moten's still pretty good. I think they'll move it along, and I think that'll help.
1: There's going to be a professional approach with McAdoo. It's interesting, right, Michael, because the Joe Brady hire was lauded everywhere after the success with that wonderful LSU team. But, right. and You can, you can ex- extrapolate, but it did, did seem like he was a little over. That's a big-time jump, and it did seem like he got a little overwhelmed in year one.
2: You know, what happens to y'all young coaches is that they're just not in a lot of situations. And so when you come from the Sean Payton school, which is what Joe did, you kind of tend to know what Sean does and not nothing else. And so every answer to every problem is well, this is what Sean would do. Well, you're not Sean you got to change a little bit. You have to have a little bit different portfolio. I think the best thing Joe Brady did is go to Buffalo. Now he's got Ken Dorsey. He's learning Buffalo's offense. He can't control the offense because he can influence it, but he's not running Sean's offense. That'll help Joe Brady as a coach. Sometimes when you're such a young coach, if you don't have experience in other areas to solve the problems, that's the key is how are we going to solve the problems? Everybody keeps asking Belichick who the play caller is. Nobody asks him who's going to solve the problems on offense, right? Because that's the job of the offensive coordinator, solving the problem. That's where I criticize. Anybody can call a play. Kellen Moore calls plays. Can he solve the problem when the when it gets complicated? That's the issue.
1: You brought up the offensive coordinator situation, and I did not bring it up in New England. That is that is the story that keeps on giving. It really is. Anywho, the but McAdoo just a. Finish up. It Will the offense look different? Will McCaffrey be used differently? What, what is the summation as far well, as McAdoo running that Panther offense? Uh,
2: well, McAdoo loves to be in 11 personnel. He Under center and, and shotgun. So that kind of fits what McCaffrey likes to do. They've got big backs and little backs. So McCaffrey could be in there. Foreman could be the back. McCaffrey could be in the slot. Now they're in 11 too. What are you going to do defensively? You've got two backs in the game. Are you going to go nickel against that? Probably you will. Okay, can the nickelback cover McCaffrey? Because he can run routes out of the backfield just as well as anybody. A lot of flexibility with that. A lot of flexibility within their offense, and they have tight ends that can block. When McAdoo was in was in the Giants, Ingram's the tight end like Kyle Pitts. You're not running the ball behind Kyle Pitts, so now every run has to be a weak side run, or you're trying to just easy block the tight end out to a support player, and just don't. You have two weak side runs. It's it's hard.
1: Six and a half on the Carolina Panthers win total over at DraftKings. That was the value of somebody like Gronk was well, just being able to leave them in. Being able to no, leave no them doubt. in and disguise.
2: And to move it around, you know, and move it around. Let, let players kind of move around and see what the defense does and operate. And then make an adjustment. Like, okay, if they're going to play nickel to, the, to our 11 here with Foreman with, with Foreman in the, the back, or whoever's back there along with McCaffrey, we'll have answers for that.
1: Okay. Tremendous pad level by you in hour one on this Monday. We'll see if we can continue Thank you, into our you. I appreciate t- that. Thank you. Yes. Into t- I, gotta get some I, water, I
2: swear. And I'm going to come back for the second half.
1: <laughs> you call it water. He's going to get some water. Uh, L Galdi going to join us. Brian Brodus is going to join us next. We're going to Seattle. Of course, Gino Smith and drew Locke. It's a Lombardi line. Getting some water.